Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. It's a beautiful Sunday night, and we've got a whole lot of sports to talk about. Got a great NFL football game going on right now. Denver's up 24-21 in a game that they were dominating, but they allowed the Patriots to hang around, and now it's a three-point game late. So we'll be following that along with we'll be catching up with what happened today in today's sports in today's NFL some great games, and, of course, we had some college football yesterday. It was, uh, it was what I'd call smash and crash weekend, uh, a lot of uh, real good games and a lot of just absolute ugly blowouts. We're going to touch a little bit on the Heisman race and how it stands right now, and, of course, we'll go over Motormouth Mosley's picks. want to thank you for listening in, whether you're listening in live or you're listening in at a later date. I want to... Uh, uh, offer you the opportunity to call in and chat with us at 347-945-7975. Of course, you can log in at blogtalkradio forward slash motormouthmosley. I'll be doing both. I'll be uh, uh, talking and texting, so uh, you can hit me up in either room. I can chat or talk. So holler at you, boy. Uh, if you got something to say, you got something you want to talk about outside the realm of uh, my list of items, we can Maybe dwell into that too, but uh, I'll give an update on that game. Looks like uh, New England just scored another touchdown to take the lead. Yeah, they're they're up 27-24, going for the extra point. What a dynamic comeback this has been. They're up by four points left with 13 minutes left in the game, so I doubt that the game will finish before uh, the show will, but we'll carry you as long as we can. I want to get directly into it. How did I do? We all know that I was doing rather well. Uh, I was sitting at 103 and 57 with my NFL picks uh, through week 12, I believe it is. And unfortunately, I am back uh, struggling again this weekend. Uh, Some games that just didn't turn out the way I thought they would. Some games was a a little bit of a shock, and some teams kind of disappointed me and let me down. But Oh, thank goodness my Dallas Cowboys pulled one out in New York. 24-21, to 21, it was a great game. Did we play fantastic? Did we play perfect? No, but anytime you can beat the Giants in their house, that's a good thing. So real quickly, I want to go over the scores. Pittsburgh 27, Cleveland 11. Tampa wins another one, 24-21 over Detroit, one of those games that I did not pick to go that route. Miami, I mean, excuse me, Minnesota 26, Green Bay 26. Yes, I said 26, 26 was the final. It was uh, 23s going into uh, overtime, and both teams hit field goals on their first drives, and the remaining of the 15 minutes of the overtime quarter, they went scoreless. So it goes down as a tie. Uh, I believe they said this was the first tie between those two teams since, like, 1978, which – some of you folks probably weren't even born back then or definitely weren't football fans. But, uh, yeah, 
26, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Uh, San Diego upset the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, Jeff Berg. Uh, San Diego 41, Kansas City 38. And that was a Kansas City zone. I think Jeff went to that game, and uh, unfortunately they may not let you back in if you keep costing them games. Uh, Chicago 21, St. Louis 42. Edward Collins, I know you must be happy with that one. Carolina 20, Miami 16. Shout out to Reggie Dunn for the Carolina Panther fan. And then you got Baltimore knocking off the New York Jets. Teresa, I know y'all liking uh, that kind of action over in BMO. Jacksonville 13, Houston 6. Oh, my goodness. Crystal, you Houston fan. Ugly. Y'all may be going for the number one pick. Y'all are sticking up the joint. Jacksonville, a team who I didn't expect to win any games, has won two out of their last three. Uh, Tennessee Titans 23, Oakland Raiders 19. Didn't protect the house. Gave it up late. I know Terrell Pryor didn't play. Uh, I believe he was. I believe he was healthy and could have played, but they didn't play him, and they cost him a game. And Indianapolis goes into Arizona and just gets shellacked, 40-11. to 11. And on Thursday night, we had New Orleans Saints knocking off the Atlanta Falcons, coming here to Atlanta and bum-rushing them in their own house. Right now, like I said, we've got the uh, Sunday night game, which is Denver 24, New England 28, with 12.56 left in the fourth quarter. And, of course, tomorrow night, you've got San Francisco goes into Washington. And, of course, I pick San Francisco to win that one, and I need them to win that one just for the NFC East situation. But we all know, uh, people who know me personally know how I feel about the 49ers, but I don't hate them as much as I used to. And Washington is a divisional rival, so, you know, sometimes you've got to sleep with the devil. So I'm hoping that San Francisco can knock off Washington next week, I mean tomorrow night. And then uh, we've got early football next week. We've got three games on Thursday, which would be Thanksgiving. We've got uh, Dallas against Oakland, Green Bay against Detroit, and then Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. Uh, all, those, all three of those games match up pretty well. Should be a great night of – a great day of family, friends, football, and uh, – a whole lot of food. Uh, just in case I forget, I want to wish all my listeners uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with friends and family. And, of course, enjoy some good food, hopefully. And be thankful for uh, not only the big things that God has done for you, but be thankful for all things that God has done for you. Um, that's our, our week in football. We've, uh, um, that's our scores. I went 7-5, and five, looks like, so far. Uh, I need a couple more wins to look pretty good uh, to happen. I need uh, Denver to come back and win this game. And, of course, I need San Francisco to win tomorrow. And uh, that will give me a decent week. It won't be as great as the weeks were early in, this, in my picks. But we'll take them. We'll definitely take them. Um, I did want to go over my NFL power rankings. Uh, I did rank uh, my top five NFL teams who I think, uh, based on – uh, their performances so far through, I believe it's uh, uh, 12 weeks, 12 games, uh, 11 games, I believe, for most. Uh, but it's 12 weeks because a lot of teams have already had buys. I would say that right now I'm kind of torn at my number five, and a lot of that will depend on how tonight's game ends up. Uh, I've got New England or Kansas City. I'm still thinking I'm thinking strong and hard about this at my number five. 
If New England wins this one, I'll actually nudge them ahead of a Kansas City team that has a better record. Uh, at number four, I'm pretty solid in my pick. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Cam Newton and Coach Ron Rivera, uh, they've got the Panthers playing some really good football right now. It's going to be a great matchup in a couple of weeks when they play the New Orleans Saints. That's going to be a knockdown, a dragout, a slobber knocker of a football game, two very physical uh, teams, two very strong defenses, uh, two very different type quarterbacks, but both successful in their own way. So I'm looking forward to that game in a couple of weeks. I've got New Orleans Saints at my number three team uh, in my power ranking. Uh, Sean Payton back at quarterback, Drew Brees back uh, comfortable with his offensive mentor and his mastermind working with him. Um, they dominated the Dallas Cowboys. They played a very strong game against the Atlanta Falcons the other night. Uh, I have no choice but to give them the number three ranking, uh, which could actually move up. I shook things up a little bit this week because now I've got my number two team, depending upon tonight's uh, results, uh, would be my Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, Glenn Higgins, shout out to you. Uh, Denver Broncos will be my number two power ranking team. Von Miller is playing some not some 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 smash mouth football. I've got uh, Peyton Manning going for another MVP type season. But but overall, I can't help but give my number one seed to nobody else. Christy Yoshino, I know you're gonna love this, but I give it my number one seed to nobody but the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks, offensively, defensively. They just beat you up, beat you down, and beat you. So they are my number one team in my power rankings. Uh, just to go over them real quick again, that would be New England at number five, Carolina at number four, the New Orleans Saints at number three, Denver Broncos at number two, and Seattle Seahawks at number one. That's my NFL power rankings for this week. Tune in. We'll see how things go next week. Don't forget Tuesday night I'll be doing my picks. For this weekend's NFL games, um, I do them on Tuesday so people can, uh, you know, get my, my choices and run to the bank. No, I'm just joking. They can get my, my, my picks and uh, they're in before uh, the first NFL game because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm cheating. But, um, again, uh, for those who are just not tuning in, you're listening to the Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show, uh, chatting with some folks online as we go back and forth. Um, they don't want to come online and talk. They just wanted to give me a, a hard time uh, and try to confuse me as I type and talk. But I got this, folks. Don't worry about it. I did want to touch on a little bit of uh, NCAA football also. Uh, I call this past weekend a smash and crash weekend. There were some teams that just smashed uh, some other teams, played some Division II teams or some SCS teams. Uh, it was kind of like a little off week or, or a bye week for some of the uh, top-ranked uh, college football teams, and then those teams that did have uh, competitive games, uh, some teams that were highly ranked, did nothing but crash. It was ugly. It was ugly. You know, some teams uh, that lost their opportunity to go for the BCF championship games because uh, that one loss will matter, and then some teams that uh, some players who, with the losses of their team, uh, probably more than likely lost the opportunity to win uh, the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I want to go through a couple of uh, uh, rankings uh, of the new week. I want to go over some games uh, that happened over the past weekend. But uh, I want to start off with uh, my number 
top 10 Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show NCAA ranked teams. At number 10, I've got South Carolina out of the SEC. Uh, they're sitting at 10-2. and two. At number 9, I've got Ohio State at 11-0. and 0. At number 8, I've got Stanford at 9-2. and two. At number 7, I've got Baylor. The Baylor Bears dropped from my number 3 team down to number 7 with their loss to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is at number 6. They moved up from number 10 to number 6 in my ranking. At number 5, I've got the ACC's Clemson Tigers. At number four, I've got the Missouri Tigers from the SEC. At number three, I've got a 10-1 and Auburn Tiger team from the SEC. That's three Tiger teams, all 10-1, and ranked three, four, and five in my poll. At number two, I've got Famous Jameis and the Florida State Seminoles at 11-0. And, of course, the two-time defending national champion, three out of the four last year, National champion, Alabama, Crimson Tide at number one. Um, I believe this weekend is going to be the matchup for the Iron Bowl, and that's Alabama versus Auburn. That will be a great football game. We'll see how things go. That could, that's definitely going to have some national uh, championship implications, and we'll be definitely looking forward to it. Um, as I go down the list, there's not a whole lot of games that look like that they're going to be real competitive other than the Auburn-Alabama game, which is at 3.30 Eastern time on your local CBS. Actually, as I look at it now, there are some decent games. You've got an Arizona State team, which is number 12, uh, will be playing against an Arizona team, which just knocked off Oregon at home. You've got UCLA, USC, number 22 and number 23. Shout out to uh, Coach Bergeron over at USC since he took over for Coach Lane Kiffin. Uh, The Trojans have been on a roll. Uh, So uh, a season that looked like it was lost is a season that looks like it could be something semi-special for the USC Trojans just in the comeback. Uh, You've got Tennessee versus, excuse me, you've got Missouri uh, versus a Texas A&M team. That should be a good matchup. Uh, Clemson goes into Columbia and plays South Carolina. That's numbers. Uh, that that's definitely going to be a great game. Baylor goes up to Fort Worth, plays TCU. TCU's having a struggle of a year. Baylor, we're going to test their uh, intestinal fortitude, see how well they bounce back from getting knocked off last weekend. Um, Ohio State plays against an unranked Michigan team. I just don't have a whole lot of love for uh, the Ohio State schedule this year. They don't even play uh, a highly ranked Michigan State team, which would probably be right on the cusp of being on my top ranked teams. Um, but they don't play anybody, so I got, that's why I have them so low. It's based on my opinion of their schedule. To me, they beat up on a bunch of nobodies, and they haven't really played anybody. Uh, they skated all year long, and it may prove uh, either beneficial or it may prove detrimental once they get and match up against a real quality team. I just hope that it doesn't happen in the BCS championship game where we have to watch another game that was like last year's uh, Notre Dame versus Alabama game, a complete mismatch of talent. Um, So you've got some decent games. You've got some games that historically should be good football games. You've got Florida State against Florida. Well, Florida just got knocked off by Georgia Southern, an FCS team that will be moving up 
this year, uh, next year. But uh, Florida has their own struggles. You've got a number 24-ranked Duke team, which is as high as Duke has been ranked in a very long time. They've got more wins uh, football-wise than they've had in a long time. And normally, if you hear Duke, North Carolina, the first thing you think is some great college basketball. Well, here's an opportunity for North Carolina to upset Duke and knock them off. If they do that, they'll knock them out of an ACC championship opportunity. Um, and I know the folks in Chapel Hill would love nothing more than to upset the guys down the street over in uh, Durham. Uh, so you've got uh, Duke against North Carolina, uh, another great game. And uh, so there's some decent matchups this weekend, unlike last week where it was a bunch of blowouts. As I said, I call it the smash and crash. I talked a little bit about the, the teams that crashed. But there were some scores that were just disgusting looking. You had Florida State 80, Idaho 14. You had Alabama 49, Chattanooga 0, South Carolina 70, Coastal Carolina 10, Clemson 52, Citadel 6. I mean, basically what you're looking at is a bunch of smaller schools that travel to get smacked around and pick up a good-sized check. I mean, these schools get paid anywhere from 300000 up to make these these mercenary trips, uh, but what it does, it actually pads the coffers of the university. So, you know, it's money that's, that's definitely needed. Um, uh, let's see. As I said, there were some clashes also. Those were the smashes. These were the clashes. You had Baylor getting beat by Oklahoma State, 49-17. to 17. Not just getting beat, but getting just bum-rushed. You had Oregon. 16, Arizona 42. I mean, two teams that were in the top five a week ago that just traveled and just got embarrassed. So um, maybe I was wrong. I ain't going to own up to that. But it definitely was not a great weekend for some of the teams that I had highly ranked in my polls. Uh, Other people had them in their polls too, maybe not as high as I did. But in either case, uh, bad results all the way around. Now, what some of these losses did, I believe, in my opinion, is knock some players completely out of the opportunity or the chance or the possibility of even winning the Heisman Trophy this year. Marcus Mariota, you know, it was all already on the border when they already had the one loss. Uh, so it was a questionable whether or not he was going to get back in there because, unfortunately, team results do matter this year in the Heisman Trophy race because I believe that, as I've said on numerous occasions on my show, I believe that the Heisman Trophy this year is A.J. McCarron's to lose. If Alabama continues the way they're doing and wins, it doesn't even have to be because of McCarron that they win, but due to the fact that he is the quarterback and he is the anti-Johnny Manziel, he's the anti-bad uh, boy, he's a good all-American, clean-cut, Catholic school, you know, good guy, says the right things kind of guy, on a team that is absolutely dominant nationally, I believe that that's going to get, that's going to bode well for him in a in a Heisman race. You know, some of the quarterbacks that were mentioned in the Heisman earlier in the year didn't have great weekends, so they haven't set themselves, they haven't set the bar so high that McCarron has to do anything special to win it. He just has to not lose it. You get Marcus Mariota at Oregon, uh, who has a great college career, will be a great. Uh, High draft pick, great NFL quarterback, I do believe. Uh, but his team has two losses. And the only stats this weekend were, uh, you know, 
running the mill, nothing special. He was 27 of 41 for 308, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a loss. Not going to get the job done. Johnny Manziel, the returning Heisman Trophy winner from last year, Texas A&M, who had the possibility of being the only repeat Heisman Trophy winner along with Archie Griffin? No, not going to happen. 16 for 41 for 224 yards in a loss to LSU, one touchdown, two interceptions. Doesn't look well. Teddy Bridgewater, at the beginning of the season, the golden child, probably the number one quarterback to come in the draft uh, this year. 26 for 36 for 220 yards. No, that's not going to set the bar high enough. One interception, one touchdown, no interceptions. Louisville won over Memphis, but it's, it's just not going to be enough. And, of course, uh, the recent front runner for the Heisman has been Jameis Winston, quarterback at Florida State, 14 for 25, 225. Yeah, he had four touchdowns, no interceptions, and it was probably in a half of football because they were blowing out um, – I think it was the Citadel or uh, Idaho. They were blowing out the Vandals of Idaho. The Mountain West team were actually a, a whack team. They uh, came down to pick up a check. His problem, he's got this non-football-related situation where he's possibly going to be accused of a, uh, a crime uh, and uh, – if he gets eliminated, if he is charged with the crime, he's immediately suspended from uh, any NCAA activities due to the bylaws at Florida State. So that will absolutely knock him out of the Heisman race. And more importantly, I believe that in the minds of some voters, just this type of negativity at this time of the year is exactly what they don't want associated with the Heisman Trophy. So I actually believe that no matter what he does, even if he's exonerated, I do believe that this will be enough to cost Jameis Winston the Heisman. So it falls in to the lap of A.J. McCarron, quarterback in Alabama. Uh, the guy is going to be sitting there with four NCAA championship rings, one from last year, one from the year before that, and then his redshirt year they won, so he's got one for that. So if he wins another one, that's four national championships in five years. You know, an unbelievable winning percentage. So it's going to be hard for anybody to step up and step in and win the Heisman from him. Now, I know that some people who have thrown out the name Andre Williams. And for you, uh, unless you're just a football junkie like I am, you probably don't know who Andre Williams is. He's a running back out of D.C. who has already rushed for over 2,000 yards. 16 touchdowns, average 6.5 carries. The problem is he's at BC. Nobody knows about him. Not going to win the Heisman. The Heisman is just as much about hype and image as it is about performance, and nobody has set themselves apart from A.J. McCarron to win the Heisman. He will win the Heisman. Mark my words. Uh, a lot of love to the Baylor Bears who, who took another one on the chin and um, I hope they bounce back this week against TCU. Uh, they were missing some players, but, you know, that's part of the game. Injuries are a part of the game. I hope Lake and Kevin and Glasgow, uh, three main components of their offense, I hope they're able to come back and uh, make a run 
because uh, I still believe they have the opportunity to be a part of a real special year for Baylor and a real special uh, season that could uh, uh, bode well BCS-wise, maybe not the national championship game, but definitely uh, a big-time bowl game on uh, you know, New Year's and New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Um, in closing, I want to touch on a couple of uh, things that I mentioned the other night. Right now, baseball is getting ready to go into their uh, winter meetings. There's some trades happening. There's some uh, uh, swapping of players. Uh, Brian McCann, catcher of the Atlanta Braves, just signed, I believe, like a $65 million cor- uh, contract to play for the New York Yankees. And there was a player swap between the Texas Rangers and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Ian Kinsler, the second baseman for the Rangers, goes to Detroit in exchange for Prince Fielder, first baseman, uh, power-hitting first baseman, which is a hole that the Texas Rangers have needed dramatically over the last few years. Uh, They haven't been able to find the right person uh, to plug into that position. Uh, They have just sealed the deal. Cecil Fielder, I believe he's about 29 years old, shows up every game, plays, He's good for 25, 30, 40 home runs a year. With the short porch in uh, Arlington, I definitely expect him to have a very good year. Uh, I think it's going to affect the Detroit Tigers in a way because now they don't have anybody protecting Miguel uh, uh, Cabrera. Uh, he won't get, he'll be pitched around even more so. Uh, and Kinsler, to me, uh, you know, he's a 270, 280, 260 leadoff hitter. Doesn't walk a lot. Yeah, he hit some home runs, uh, but really not your or hasn't been your prototypical leadoff hitter. Hopefully when he goes to uh, Detroit, uh, paired up with Austin Jackson, there'll be a a nice little duo. But uh, I definitely believe that the Rangers got the best of this trade. Uh, I understand that the money was significant that was owed to Prince Fielder. I understand that they, uh, Detroit still has to pay part of that contract. Um, you know, I don't get off into all the money stuff out of it. I just want to see who's going to be on the field and play. So I definitely like the infield of uh, Beltre, Andrus, Profar, and Fielder for the Rangers. Hopefully I'll be there and can catch a few games next year. I want to give a quick update on the uh, uh, football game. It's now uh, Denver 24 New England 31 with 4.38 left. Uh, Denver has the ball. Looks like they're driving. A big catch to Bebe just now. Uh, Demarius, uh, Demarius Thomas, a uh, few folks away from Georgia who don't know him by Bebe. We got it like that down here. But I just want to say thank you, folks, for listening in. It's been a great opportunity to talk sports. Uh, tune back in. Watch the rest of the, of the game. If you're listening at a later time, I absolutely thank you for uh, just taking the time to listen to me run my mouth and chat with folks back and forth online. Thank you again so much for just having uh, uh, my back when it comes to my show. I pray that you have a great week. Look forward to some great football. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family, friends, and your food. And uh, look for me on the air late Thursday night. And, of course, uh, uh, a lot of football. Enjoy yourself and have a great week. Mahalo. And aloha.